Proceed. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1001, January 18, 20. Uh, we don't know. Thank well, you. that's what we're going with. <laughs> Thank you. If there's three extra, four extras in there, that's uh, bonus, all of them. bonus tracks. That's right. Bonus tracks. <laughs> January 18th, 2023, 48 degrees was the record high on this day. That was in 1891. And I believe before the week concludes, only two more days, we're back into a record high that's in the 50s. Fantastic. So again, there wasn't much time between 50s. Okay. Uh, and 36 below on this day. <laughs> Excuse me. In 1887. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. Uh, thank you again for last night. I thought the venue was fantastic. What a great spot. The yeah. people were fantastic. Great. The music was fantastic. You know the underrated part of that room? <laughs> the sound quality well, of that room. Well, they had a front of house guy running it, and he yeah. did a hell of a job. That was a really, yep. really cool venue. Of yeah. all people, I got a really wonderful email from Ingi. Huh. Really? Is he still at 30 Bales? I think he's still there. What a fantastic event last night. I wasn't sure I'd make it after an 11-hour day at the Postal Service. I drove straight from getting off work to the event, getting in the auditorium just moments after the podcast started. I want to give a shout-out to Steve Wilson. He texted me an hour before the event, stating, uh, 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 before the event started, asking if I was coming. He has been kind enough to do that frequently prior to live events such as last night. He and Julie treated me. After the event at 30 Bales, a wonderful couple. In addition, many wonderful conversations with fellow GLers about the radio show, podcast, each of you characters on the show. Many fond memories, including Crazy Bread, Reavers in his scan issues. One guy told me that with my beard and disheveled hair, I looked exactly like an older version of Rookie. And he does. Oh my God. Steve Wilson sent a picture. You, it is uncanny. No. And it's what you're going to look like in 20 years. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. Uh, the USPS, the best job I've ever had, has, as you know, been crazy for many months. We are working 10 and 12 or more hours a day. This was one of those days. It was truly a nice, fun evening and well needed. Uh, and then he adds a PS, which no. is... No, no. See... Don't add the P.S. I'm not going to do It's the... a nice note, Ingie. No one to stop. Well, there was we, nothing wrong with the P.S. We talked about that very thing last night, how Reavers gave me the best advice when I call back in the radio days. Get in, get out. Right. You know. I want to that... talk about Hamlin. Uh, as... That's it on last night? Well, there's not much to discuss. It was a wonderful event, and I'm <laughs> glad we did it. What's coming up on the ride? Jeez, you're <laughs> something, man. Uh, that's funny. No, I have too much to get to that GLers need to know. Uh, Hamlin, uh, as it inevitably uh, might have occurred, is being sued by the art teacher who got canned oh. for showing the uh, the photograph, the, or not a photograph, a depiction of uh, Muhammad. And the professor's name is Erica Lopez Prater. She's suing the school uh, for defamation, breach of contract, and religious discrimination, among other claims. And she's got the school reeling. 
her, her representatives have the school reeling. They're backpedaling and they're saying, we misstepped. No, no, you just got caught. You, you didn't misstep. You got caught. And I, got, I was having deep thoughts on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life about what took place at Hamlin. Uh, you all know this story. Uh, an online class uh, was warned by the teacher that I'm going to be showing some depictions of Muhammad here. If that's upsetting to you, you certainly may leave or turn off your computer screens or what have you. And the uh, woman who is Muslim, she's from Sudan. She did not, and she demanded her pyrrhic victory, and she got it ostensibly with the canning of the teacher because the student uh, insisted that Muslims are not allowed to see depictions of Muhammad. That turns out to not necessarily be the case. Uh, there are various factions of the Muslim faith that do not allow that, but not all. In any event, uh, I think what happened at Hamlin is that the people in the failed academy get away with what they get away with until they don't. Yeah. And you have a woman that's the president of the school named Fenice Miller, and you have a you have a, a vice president of inclusive excellence, and you have, again, you have a host of these administrators who have nothing to do, and I'm not being facetious. They have nothing to do. The only thing they have to do is dream up ways that they believe young people might be offended. And what the school gave into was the belief that the student's version of life is as valid as the American version of life and it's not uh it's a it's a it's a crummy version of life we don't cut people's heads off if they don't marry who we tell them to and we we don't torture people and this this woman uh this student uh whose name is escaping me she essentially was demanding sharia law right she was she was essentially saying i've been offended and therefore here's what must happen that's not the way it works in this country and again, they get away with that in the failed academy until they don't. And by that, I mean that uh, we, we were by, they get away with it until they don't, by which I mean we were saved by America. We, we, this, this incident, we'll just continue to focus just on this one incident, it happened to be at Hamlin. We were saved by American convention. Uh, it took a while. But the American convention said, well, wait a minute here. Mm-hmm. Hold it. Uh, this is an institution right. of learning uh, dedicated to free speech and opposing views, and we have our soapboxes we can stand on. And uh, this student, unlike in her own country, was given every opportunity to not be offended, right. to leave the room, and she chose the path of being offended mm-hmm because she skipped over American invention and went right to an American affectation called entitlement. And she seized upon that entitlement to try to enforce her own worldview right. on, on what essentially is a, is a very reverent part of America, which is we have the rule of law. We're governed by the rule of law. We're not governed by religious affiliations. We're not governed by Sharia law. We're governed by the rule of law. <laughs> And in this case, I hope the teacher ends up with a big pile of money. In this case, she deserves to. And that's what it takes to wake these people up and knock them off their rail. They get away with what they get away with until they don't. And in this case, they don't hit us. And they don't was the arrival of an always available attorney 
to rush to the aid of the student, all of which was predictable. And he has a hell of a case. And she has a hell of a case. And you're now backpedaling Fainese Miller. You have, you're really not in charge of anything anymore. You let yourself down. You let your school down. You let the students down because you eschewed American values and you adopted Sudanese values. Right. Or in this case, Muslim Sudanese values. That isn't how we operate. Can't have it both ways. But my fear is, my fear is, uh, how long will we be saved? How long will we be saved by the intervention of American convention and American law? Is the day coming if we don't get a hold of this? Is the day coming when we, if we don't reform the failed academy, is the day coming when there won't be a lawyer to defend the teacher? Or even worse, is the day coming when it'll just become one of the school's rules to not show uh, uh, depictions of Muhammad? Because right now we're being saved. But as the failed academy continues to go down its dreadful most postmodern path of finding every culture morally equal to the United States, we're doomed because no other culture is equal to the United States. Right. <clears throat> it's a great, great, kind country. And students in the failed academy are being disabused of that notion. Students in the failed academy are taught that whites are problematic, that patriarchy is the root of all evil, that the founding fathers were flawed, that this country isn't fair, all of which is utter, utter nonsense. But they do so in the belief of equity. They do so in the belief that this will this will result in everybody getting a fair shake. This will result in everybody getting a fair outcome. No, there is no such thing. That's not what America is about. But if the failed academy succeeds in bringing that about, that's what America will be about. And then what, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, this won't even be a story? We won't even be saved because so much of America will have gone by the wayside? That's their goal. So much of America will have gone by the wayside yeah. that that so-called university presidents will get away with what they're getting away with? Because right now they get away with it until they don't. And what we should be thankful for is the phrase, until they don't. Because okay. they're getting stopped. In, in many cases, they're getting stopped, reprimanded and corrected. What's in between now? But and what's between now and ten years from now? If a, if a grip isn't gotten on this, if a, if a handle isn't hasn't gotten on this, uh, because Hamlin's small potatoes in the world of the failed academy, there are not much of an institution. I'm not offending students. I'm just talking about size and impact on the world. They're they're not much of a school. So and, is this a silver lining? That this kickback is is happening is this a, a, it's, it's, a somewhat a small ray of hope? Yes, yes, but it's it's one that I'm concerned about. Okay, but this is a failsafe. <clears throat> this gives me faith because it's a failsafe that, as a result of this happening, there is aggressive pushback. They get away with what they get away with until they don't, and right now the operative phrase is until they don't. How long will until they don't? last is what i'm saying okay well this is the first I, drop in the bucket i think i partially agree with rook stuff like this gives me hope and i think there's enough hope in all these kinds of stories yep for now you, you know you might be right with that until they don't part right 
but I think there's always going to be parts of both, you know, of all Americans, of every stripe, of every whatever, who will think fairly on stories like this. I hope, you know, maybe I'm just too optimistic. I don't, I don't know. Well, the, the, uh, the letters, to, <clears throat> the letters to the editor and the, the comments on the various stories that have covered this incident mm-hmm. uh, all lean heavily to the school being at fault. There's, yeah. there's, I haven't read one comment or one letter to the editor yet that said, hooray for the school. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do the same, I read the same kind of comments on elections. Uh, well, where are these people when it comes time to vote? Uh, you know, the, the DFL has a, an overwhelming ownership of all three houses. Really? Uh, and, and yet comments about the governor spending money or raising taxes, they're always opposed to that. Well, not enough of those opposition Factors must vote in that. Uh, I have so so much. Uh, I have so many directions to go today, but I wanted to get that Hamlin well, out of the way. Do you suppose this professor's lawsuit, and if she's victorious, will slow that sort of behavior yes. at all? Yes, you do. Yes, because money still talks. That's another Def- American convention. Slow. Uh, and part two of that question: Do you think it'll correct some of the misdeeds that have already uh, that are already happening right now in colleges and universities? Well, it didn't even take a lawsuit. Look what pushback did to Stanford's attempt to create a, a language mm-hmm. protocol mm-hmm. that was defeated. Uh, money will talk, and that's that's an important American convention that money talks. Hamlin now faces losing a great deal of money because this woman is going to win a pile of money. I have no doubts about that. And I think that's, that's a message that even, even failed academy presidents will take note of. Hmm. We can't afford this. Right. Pocketbook. We can't afford to continue to alienate <clears throat> alumni. We can't afford to continue to alienate the public who are getting wise to us. But as far as alumni, donors, and boosters, that ship has sailed, hasn't it, to a large degree? I I, I mean, I know people that had big ties to large universities in this area that said, to hell with them, I'm done. Right, right. And I'm sure that there are many (laughs) successful Hamlin graduates who have washed their hands of the place because of events like this. Mm -hmm. They get away with it until they don't. And I'm grateful for the until they don't, and I think it will send a message. Mm, We'll see. And if it doesn't send a message, and if the schools continue to try to go down this wrong path, then the day will come when they will get away with it, and there won't be an until they don't. The law will have changed so significantly. The, uh, The profession of law will have changed so significantly that, uh, uh, it, it could very well be that we lose that American convention. We lose that American value of remembering that we're ruled by law and not religious fundamentalism, for example, or the ideology coming from these failed academies that likens every other form of government in the world they put on a moral par with the United States, which is absurd. And not that I disagree with you, but what was the, the most recent example that you took issue with St. Thomas? Your, your university. They disinvited a conservative speaker 
about 10, 12 months ago. So for every, let's say there's 10 of you that said, I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be one Lee Anderson that steps up and says, here's 75 mil. I'm not sure. Is that not analogous? I'm not sure it is. Uh, Lee has had relatives <clears throat> from his family attend St. Thomas. Uh, he's as patriotic patriotic, and as American as you're going to find, a okay. West Point graduate. Okay, all right. I'm not sure. I don't. That's a good question. Thank you, Joe. Uh, wow. well, it is a good question in terms <laughs> of... Uh, Lee is a guy who puts his money where his mouth is. Clearly, yes. And I'm and, not ripping him, by the way. And he he apparently uh, either doesn't know about that disinviting the conservative speaker. Or just wants his Tommy's to have a sweet or maybe, arena. Or <laughs> maybe, maybe he wasn't a fan of that disinvited speaker. Maybe he knows of okay. him. Or maybe he's unaware of it, which, which strikes me as unlikely. He strikes me as he'd be a pretty aware guy. But I, I can't answer you. I can't answer you. I just stumped Joe. I mean, he's yeah, already, you've January. already got the Anderson Athletic and Recreation Complex, uh, and you're going to get the, and uh, the Lee Sushri, and Anderson you have, Arena. You have the Sushri bathroom stall. Didn't no, you? I got my all my clippings I took home. <laughs> you know. Do you know that I, I ran into David uh, Downing last night? Yes. He had all his pumpkin garb on and, uh, while we're walking he out. He sells pumpkins. Yes. And there is a... Um, what do you call it? An art, pl- uh, not museum. He emailed me about this gallery. Oh, he did already. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I thought it was pretty good. He said, "Turn your old clippings into art." He pointed out that um, there was a someone had done a crossword puzzle, like four hundred crossword puzzles, and it was on a spindle, and they were they were kind of turned a little bit as if to you know go gradually up like a, a staircase and he said that's what joe should have done with all of his yeah. columns and then it could turn into a piece of art what is libs of tiktok an account that likes to point out um wokeism at its finest I've got, it's an account i enjoy on twitter correct on, on twitter yes i've got uh great information from a fellow who uh is taking the pulse of the of the local governments. He's got a two-parter, and I want to get to the second part. I want to get to the first part, mm. secondly. Because huh? mm-hmm. uh, he also is informing me that the libs of TikTok... Uh, here, I have it on my phone. I can play yeah. it if you'd like. Okay. Different. I don't know. I'm not a TikTok person. Uh, it's Chinese in origin. Right. I don't think anybody should be on TikTok. I agree with you. This <laughs> clip comes to us from uh, Twitter. All right. Because it does. The and this is uh, a Minnesota House of Representatives, Representative Sandra Feist. Correct. She represents DFL District 39B. That's the, uh, oh, I think that's up Anoka, Northern Hennepin County Way. Johnny Heights Way. Yeah. And she is, uh, she's an attorney. She's married to uh, someone named Ben. I'm not being facetious. I'm going to presume that's a man, a male. Fair. Uh, they have two children. She is, of course, a DFLer, and uh, she now does, is the proper terminology that she made TikToks of lib, lib of t- sure. lib of yeah. TikTok. There's somebody that goes around the country and finds outrageous liberal stuff. I would stuff. guess that the person that runs that account has sent numerous videos daily. Okay, that and would this, be my so guess. this apparently was also something sent to libs of TikTok. 
I would encourage uh, the committee to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons. Um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that oh. all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students, and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that oh. was actually um, calculated lower. into the cost of this um, okay. and how much we decided to fund it. So and so we, we do not expect that the non-female menstruating students will use um, these products as much as the, the students using female bathrooms, but it's important to have them there. Um, and that brings me to the, just the social-emotional reasons for that. Um, these students who are not female, who menstruate um, face a greater stigma and barrier um, to asking for these products. And so providing them in an easily accessible place um, in all student bathrooms is particularly important for those students. Okay, I don't know any males who menstruate. Kenny, do you have any man ponds? <laughs> it's in his purse. <laughs> now you could, you could apply the same phraseology here. She'll get away with this until she doesn't. But she isn't breaking any laws. No. She's just, her ideology's been corrupted, and there's nothing I can do about that. So what is she calling for? She's calling for the placement in all public restrooms of menstrual products, because she, she says it's not just females who menstruate. I thought it was. I, th I did, too. <laughs> and this happened within the walls of our capital? This was our yeah. capital. Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think you sound foolish, uh, Sandra. Uh, but I can't do anything about that. I, I'm unaware of any male who menstruates. Kenny and I were talking before the show. We both have thin blood. My hands sometimes menstruate. Quite a bit. Right? Yeah, when it's I stab it with a to... nail or something. Yeah. I'm choosing not to oh. do any research on this subject. You don't have to. I actually, right. Joe, I, I did a disservice, and I'm sorry. I, oh. I played the wrong clip. So let, let, me, let me try yeah, this. Yeah, play the right one. Reavers, mind. come on. Uh, this would be your gal, Sandra Feist. Uh, speaking yesterday. I would encourage uh, the committee to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students. Stop it. And Stop it. I get it. Wait, Stop it. Wait. I can't take it. I figured it out. She's referring to girls that have transitioned to, to be boys, be boys oh, but yes. they don't no. have... They don't get the Can't stuff. turn it off. They have... They, <laughs> They still have can't the turn it off. You don't have girl, turn it they off. have the girl oh, equipment the down there, there, not the boy stuff. Got it. Right? Well, that could be that the only sense. That, that could be the only Yeah, you know what, Kenny, the, you're probably right. The glee that you see in her face as she she's thinking this is some great revolutionary line of thinking. Yeah. And that's the kind of trouble we're in, Joe. Well, you know what else took place under that vaulted golden dome? Uh, I didn't know uh, hair was such a big uh, problem. But we have a bill now that would 
create specific protections against discrimination based on ethnic hairstyles. Yeah, that's a huge uh, story, has been for a couple of years. And that's passed the uh, Minnesota House and awaits a vote in the Senate. It's called the Crown Act. The Crown Act. Uh, Crown is an acronym. It's sponsored by Representative Esther Agbaje, a DFLer, and it would add hairstyle protection to the state's existing human rights statute. If signed into law by the governor, and I'm sure it will be, Hairstyles and textures would be added to the definition of race in the Minnesota Human Rights Act, offering protections for braids, locks, and twists. And locks is spelled L-O-C-S. I don't know what a lock is, though. L-O-C-S. This language... Dreadlocks. Maybe. But why not say dreadlocks? Why do you have to be so woke? This language will clarify that Minnesota will not tolerate discrimination based on hair, nor do I believe it should. I don't care what your hair is like. It will clearly define that no one should be prevented from a job or education because of the way their hair grows naturally out of their head, Agbaje said, ahead of the House floor vote. We know that racial discrimination is not always overt, and this bill ensures that discrimination based on biases or stereotypes can be stopped or held accountable. Agbaje further added ahead of the vote on her bill that while protected hairstyles are often associated with people of African descent, the law creates protections from hair discrimination for all Minnesotans. Okay, I'm relieved by that. Minnesota's hair protection legislation is part of a national movement to put ethnic hairstyle protections in state and federal law. So far, 20 other states have passed their own versions of the Crown Act, which is an acronym for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. (laughs) Okay. California was the first, of course, and we must do what California does. The House passed Agbaje's Crown Act during last year's session. Well, John's right. It's been around for a while. Oh, yeah. But the Republican-controlled Senate never took it up. But this year, the bill has already received a hearing in the Senate, which the Democratic Farmer Labor Party took control of in the last election. Members of the House passed the Crown Act by a vote of 111 to 19. Okay. Uh, it, joy, it, it enjoys uh, bipartisan support, and uh, we're going to get the hair all taken care of. Hmm. When I do see someone, I don't think it's unfair of me to say this, We'll be the judge of that. And I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with ethnicity. When I do see some a woman, let's just take a woman, for example, who has half her head shaved okay, and the other half a very odd color, let's say green. Half shaved, half green. Okay. Uh, my only thought is, uh, where are you going to get a job looking like that? <laughs> you, your thoughts are all related to your age. <laughs> Yeah, Don't the, you the crustiness? Uh, I guess. I guess. Well, yeah. Isn't the Crown Act kind of in response to what you just said? I don't think so. Well, well yeah, I, sure that, it is. That it's actually to, is exactly what it's about. Exact, it's exactly maybe, to, to stop discrimination yeah. on jobs. No, I think you're. Hair. I think if I want to be technical here and read the law as it is written, it's to uh, uh, protect. The hair as it grows out of the head. So natural hair. So if you're a white chick, natural, 
Got it. And you shave half your head and half's green. That has nothing to do with culture or how you how you came out of the womb. Your hair as that has nothing to do with your hair as you came out of the womb. But I think she's protected. Grandfather <laughs> did. Isn't Grand, she? Grandmothered in? I don't know. Oh, it does say the language clarifies that Minnesota will not tolerate discrimination based on hair. Yeah. But it says no one should be prevented from a job or education because of the way their hair grows naturally out of their head. And I'm submitting to you, if you shave half your head and you tint half your head green, that isn't the way it comes out of your head. Mm. I think they're talking about... Uh, you a lawyer? I could have been. Jeez. <laughs> I think I'm they're talking about yet. mostly maybe maybe many African American people. All right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see uh just as an aside, Justin Jefferson uh sometimes has his hair tightly braided. Yep. But what was the game before the last game of the season? Chicago? The Bears, the Bears game. He didn't have it tightly braided. Yeah, the fro rock. And that thing came out about five feet yeah. on either side. Pops right out of the He's helmet. got some hair. Yeah. You have the Oscar Gamble hair? He ba- yeah, Oscar made Gamble. Oscar look like a Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> See, I ran into Tim Bloom last night from EcoFun Motorsports. Yes. Many of our uh, people were there, and I was glad to see Tim, and I asked him how business was, and he said, great. You know, spring is in the air. I know I'm a 21st-er, and I can smell spring in the air. But when I do, I think of getting my scooter. Tim has it in storage up at EcoFun in Forest Lake. There are two locations, EcoFun Motorsports on 97, just immediately west of 35 as you get near Forest Lake, and down on Burnsville on the County Road of Life right above 35W. And they've got all the great youth recreational equipment, all the little scooters that turn urban errands into adventures, four-by-fours with plows and exotic motorcycles and scooters and youth recreational equipment and electric bikes, of course. One of the great, great electric bike dealerships in the Twin Cities. Uh, Great service, a pickup and delivery program, which I take advantage of. I can't recommended highly enough for the fee he charges. I don't know how he does it, but it's fantastic. It's EcoFun Motorsports. Garage logicians have been uh, frequenting the stores, as yes. they say. Yes. It's yes. EcoFunMotorsports.com. It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now, and the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments, and you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. The end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Uh, mechanic in a can, that's what Seafoam basically is, only 
It's uh, it's a lot cheaper, and it doesn't sass you if you flog that motor and then put it away wet. It just quietly does its job and keeps the motor running and starting like a champ. Whether it's a Bricklin or a Briggs & Stratton, a seafoam will clean up the deposits, lubricate, keep those moving parts moving smoothly, stabilizes your fuel, pres- uh, fuel preserves ignition vapors, that means she'll start up a lot easier. The seafoam, you know what the pitch should be. I've said this before. Don't work harder. Work smarter. It's our own lo- local company, and it's available all over the globe. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Truly seafoam. I want to play something for you, and I want to preface it by this. This is the item number one from our favorite mole. It was almost a cute distraction to see Greta Thunberg get on a boat made out of carbon-derived <laughs> materials to come here and wag her finger in America's face. It's a bit different when this same arrogance takes place at a time of crisis. People in Germany and Europe are facing a very real energy crisis. Germany's decision to shut down nuclear plants and rely on Russia for natural gas not working out so well. This winter, they are facing a crisis as energy supplies get tight, so much that Germany is now looking to coal to help them get through the crisis. People are chopping more wood. I believe you referenced that the other mm-hmm. day, and you weren't, uh, you weren't far off the mark. Uh, people are chopping more wood, and candles are hard to find as Germany deals with an energy crisis of its own making. They intentionally made themselves vulnerable to this by shutting down baseload power and relying on Russia. German leaders have now decided they need to make some changes. In other words, they were getting away with what they were getting away with until they didn't. (laughs) At the expense of climate goals, they are using more coal that is not going over well with climate change activists, including perpetually unhappy Greta Thunberg. She was recently detained as protesters tried to stop work to expand a coal mine in Germany. Uh, Greta and John Kerry are clearly separated from the reality the rest of us live in. Yet now it's not so cute to see her try to stop a coal mine when people face the risk of not having heat in their homes. Basically, this young woman, I think she's what now, 20 or 21, Greta, uh, she's basically arguing against people should be warm. Uh, she she is so lost touch and was never really in touch with anything. And that leads me to introducing you to a fellow named Constantine Kizen. Many emailers have alerted me to this fellow. He's British. He was born in Moscow, but he moved to London when he was 11. He's a Russian-British satirist, podcaster, author, and political commentary He's written for a number of publications, including The Spectator, The Daily Telegraph, and Standpoint on issues relating to tech censorship, woke culture, comedy, and culture war topics, but currently publishes articles on these subjects on his Substack. He he has co-hosted Trigonometry since 2018, a YouTube channel and podcast featuring fellow comedian and co-host Francis Foster. He is... uh, from a family of Jewish heritage, his experiences uh, in the country inform much of his own political views today. As I said, at 11, he moved to the United Kingdom. This is a speech that Constantine Kizen gave to the uh, Oxford Union, Oxford University, which was debating a First Amendment, uh, a, a kind of a version of a First Amendment resolution 
on free speech. And uh, apparently he's well enough known in England that he was brought in. For example, he's the author of An Immigrant's Love Letter to the West, which became a Sunday Times bestseller in the first week of its publication. Uh, he's uh, quite popular in Britain. And here he is invited into the, the den at Oxford University. And uh, here is Constantine Kizen. Well, first of all, Mr. President, I'd like to thank you for that preview of the 2024 American election we witnessed earlier. And uh, if you're not persuaded to vote for the proposition tonight by that speech by James, I don't know what will persuade you. You, you will not know this, but I was supposed to be the first non-student speaker for the proposition. I've now been the fourth, which means that I now have to thank all the previous speakers for making my best points for me. Uh, and I find that the reason, the main reason now that I have left to be uh, in support of the motion is that I am so tired of talking about woke culture. That's why it's gone too far, more than anything else. And I thank the other speakers for making the points for me because it means I don't have to reiterate the point that no, no, free speech is not some right-wing reframing of whatever, it's the foundation of Western civilization upon this civilization is built and the Enlightenment values that led to it. I don't have to make the point that has been made by far better people in the past that the only way to deal with the problem of racism is to treat people on the content of their character and nothing else. And the fact that woke culture seeks to overturn that is a new form of racism that we must all oppose. It means also I will not use this opportunity to say I told you so as someone who spent the last five years warning people in the West that if we continue to erode our culture, if we continue to undermine our confidence in Western values, that our enemies, enemies like Vladimir Putin, will seek to capitalize on it. I will not make any of those points tonight at all. <laughs> Instead, I am not going to talk to those of you who already agree with me, which I imagine is most of you. Um, I'm not going to talk to you because I imagine after everything you've heard tonight, you're going to vote for the proposition. I'm going to confess, I will take your vote for granted. Tonight, I am the Labour Party and you are the Red Wall. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. <laughs> because one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke, who are open to rational argument, so let me make one. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We're told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshiping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. <laughs> Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? 
because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think he was criticized for that word. YouTube likes to play ads in the middle of longer clips, so bear with me for a couple of seconds. I, I think there was a point of question or something on his use of the... Yep. To be decided by poor people in Asia and Latin America who don't care about saving the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. I come from Russia, which is not a poor country. It's a middle-income country. 20% of households in Russia do not have an indoor toilet. What they have is an outdoor toilet. And I don't mean one of those nice port that we get here. I don't even mean a Glastonbury port <laughs> I mean a wooden shack with a hole in the ground that holds a collected fermented memory of the last 10,000 visits. <laughs> How many of you are going to go home tonight and say, let's rip out our bathroom and erect a Siberian shithouse in the back garden? <laughs> and if you're not, why should they? 120 million people in China do not have enough food. I don't mean that they don't get dessert. I mean they suffer from malnutrition. That means that their immune system is breaking down because they don't have enough food. You're not going to get them to stay poor. Imagine you're Xi Jinping, the leader of China. When you were 10 years old, there was a revolution, a cultural revolution in your country. And people came and they put your father in prison. Your mother had to denounce him. Your sister killed herself. And you, no longer enjoying the protection of your formerly powerful father, were sent to a village where you lived in a cave house. And here you are, decades later. You have clawed your way up the bloody and greasy pole of Chinese politics to be the undisputed supreme leader of the very Communist Party that destroyed your family. And you know that the main thing you have to do to survive and to stay in power is to deliver the one thing that the people of China want, prosperity, economic growth. Where do you think climate change ranks on Xi Jinping's list of priorities? A third of all children who live in extreme poverty in the world live in India. That means they are starving and dying of preventable disease. Now, about 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. Not me, because we're old school. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> and for nine months, we talked about what our boy would look like, what he might do when he grows up. We looked at baby scans and videos on YouTube about what the fetus looks like at nine months and 12 months and 20 months. And eventually, he was born. And he is this cute little bundle of joy. He's cuter than about 80% of puppies, right? <laughs> now, if you said to me that I had a choice, either my son had a serious risk of starving or dying from a preventable disease in the next year, or I could press a button and he would live. He would go to school. He would bring his first girlfriend home. He'd go to university and graduate and become a woke idiot. <laughs> and then he'd get a job and get married and have children and become a man. But all I have to do is press this button 
And for every day of my son's life, a giant plume of CO2 is going to re get released into the atmosphere. Now, you're all very young, and most of you are not parents. Let me tell you something. There is not a parent in the world who would not smash that button so hard their hand bled. You are not going to get these people to stay poor. You're not even going to get them to not want to be richer. And so, I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one thing we can do in this country to stop climate change, and that is to make scientific and technological breakthroughs that will create the clean energy that is not only clean, but also cheap. And the, no, thank you. And the only, I, I want everyone to get home on time today, which is not going to happen. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain, is to protest, is to throw soup on paintings. And we on this side of the house are not on this side of the house because we do not wish to improve the world. We sit on this side of the house because we know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it's trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that. Thank you very much. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. They're right on your way if you need to pick up a box or two of ammo on your way out of town on northbound I-35W when you're heading through in New Brighton. Just take that exit, Old 8, right up there. No, right where You'll it is. Them. Yeah. Who are you talking to? You. Why? I don't know. You're looking at me. <laughs> Trying to make you nervous, <laughs> this dummy. This is weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, where were we? Oh, we were at DK Mags walking in the front door. It's a full-service gun shop, and you'll see a wide selection of pistols and revolvers, shotguns right away as soon as you walk in, plus all the ammo and cool accessories you need. And they'd be... Here's another good excuse for stopping in. The stuff on their website is not... The stuff in the store, or did I say that wrong? The stuff in the store isn't huh? on the website. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, yeah, it's to your advantage to stop in and see what they have in the gun cabinet. Some cool stuff there. You can check out the website, though, dkmags.com. You can also swing into Monticello Pawn and Gun. They're just south of 94 up in Monticello. Great selection, fair prices, wonderful staff at both Monticello Pawn and Gun and DKMags.com. What is the Desert Eagle? That's a uh, firearm. Right. That's a big gun, one. Yeah. Uh, and a very successfully sold one, apparently. Right. There's an old bit, I think in the Star Tribune today, about a local advertising executive who died, but he had a great hand in bringing about the Desert Eagle. Really? Yeah, you should read it. Uh, in fact, I might have it here for you. Uh, before we go to John, let me just say that that Constantine Kizen. I found uh, terribly uh, important to play because he's, you know what he's basically saying? He's saying to all the people who grouse about climate change, he's saying, what are you doing about it? I mean, yeah. I sometimes hear that under my own roof about global warming. And my answer has always been, are you going to stop driving? What, what are you going to do about it? Sure. And I don't have to say, what are you going to do about it? Because A, I don't believe in it. 
and B, I'm already doing what I should do as a GLer, which is be naturally and instinctively conservative. Mm-hmm. Try not to waste stuff. You recycle. I do. Like a son of a gun. Oh, terrible. I, I do like how Fell that... down uh, yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Trying to bring Ooh. the bin up from the Ooh, street. Went down good. hard. New oh, shoes. Boy. And I knew, oh, damn Where's it. Where's your yaks? I should have worn them. I wore them to take the stuff out the previous night. Yeah. And I wasn't smart enough to put them on to go get the empty bins. Oh, to t- take uh, too long? Is that yeah. what you were trying to save some time? You got yeah. lazy, didn't you? I did. You know what I, I do like, though, about Greta getting arrested is that photo wasn't, you know, staged in any way whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> not not at all. Here you go, Kenny. Uh, yeah, I got it here, to Kenny. too. Oh. oh, he's in the room with you. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Here's John Hyde in his newsroom. All right, let me uh, go back to the news here. Thanks, Joe. A 17-year-old suspect accused of fatally shooting 19-year-old Jonte Hudson at Mall of America last month has now been arrested in Georgia. LaVon Samaj Longstreet, who is charged with second-degree murder and second-degree assault with a deadly weapon, taken into custody Tuesday. The U.S. Marshals Service Task Force, aided by sheriff's deputies from DeKalb and Fulton Counties, made the arrest. At the same address, a 30-year-old woman suspected of aiding an offender and a 31-year-old man with a warrant for an unrelated assault were also arrested. Back in Golden Valley, police arrested Longstreet's mother, who's accused of driving him down to Georgia the day of the shooting. Bloomington Police Chief Booker Hodges said she is being held on suspicion of aiding and abetting. Hodges also said during a news conference, anybody that helps him is going to get locked up. Police made five arrests shortly after the December 23rd shooting at Nordstrom, and prosecutors have so far filed charges against four total suspects. Longstreet charge via warrant was on the run until Tuesday. Here is Booker Hodges. ...of the young suspect helped him avoid police. Report the shots fired in Nordstrom. Report the shots fired in Nordstrom. So, babe, did you find the purse that you want? Three and a half weeks after that emergency call and the shooting death of 19-year-old Jonte Hudson, police say they've arrested three additional suspects, including a mother and son. If someone kills somebody, you know they killed somebody. You do not get to hide them. You do not get to help them. Bloomington Police Chief Booker Hodges says authorities in Georgia today arrested 17-year-old LaVon Longstreet on second-degree murder and second-degree assault charges. Court documents say he and this man 18-year-old Tyshawn Adams Wright, who is already in custody, fatally shot Hudson after a scuffle in the Nordstrom store. Longstreet was arrested in Decatur, Georgia, Georgia today, uh, around 12 o'clock our time. But how did Longstreet get there? Hodges says the day after the shooting on Christmas Eve, his mother, Erica McMillan, drove him there. McMillan, arrested today at her Golden Valley home, faces aiding and abet charges. Your son kills somebody and you drive him to Georgia. If someone had murdered her son, I guarantee you she would be, she would not, she would feel differently. Hodges also says 30-year-old Uriah Johnson, also arrested in Decatur, faces an aiding and offender charge. He says Johnson had been sheltering Longstreet at her residence. Police aren't saying how Johnson is connected to Longstreet or his mother. But the chief says investigators found physical evidence, shell casings in Nordstrom, that may be tied to other shootings. The casings that were found at our homicide scene were also matched those of others that were found at at shooting scenes in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the past year and a half. 
And the chief says shootings like this need to stop. I don't want to hand out orange jumpsuits. I want you to get high school graduation gowns. You are better than this. You are better than this. This is senseless. Um, I have more to say about Booker when John's done with his news. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Gee, if we'd have had a meeting before and you could have told me you had all that, and I could have done it old school and just said, and here's Jim, whoever, with more Booker of that Hodges. story. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what I, it wouldn't allow us to let Joe work on his nonverbal cues like he was doing while you were reading the story, though. Right? Well, I saw all this, but I didn't know if he's pointing at you or <laughs> yeah. me or who he's pointing at. He was just at. waving. <laughs> Man, happy to see like, you. Trying to How conduct business. How you doing? Were you pointing at me in that instance? I don't know. See, because then I'd yeah. know which way I am on your camera or yeah. something. Well, like here, that. I'll point to you. Okay, there and then you, you, were, you were waving at me then yeah. that whole time. I was going to wave back. Hi, hi, yeah. Joe. All right. When you point at Rookie, which way? Let's go here. <laughs> you should point at the camera, not at the I don't monitor. know what camera he's on. Well, find it. Well, <laughs> John, he's on, no. on his computer. There you there go. You go. There. See, it's right there. Like in the court, yeah. Or yeah. you could just point down in the corner where I'm. When at. you point like that, you have three <laughs> fingers pointing back at you. John, please continue. <laughs> okay, Joe. After the first day of a planned week-long effort to clear messy streets in St. Paul, the city's head of public works is already apologizing after some residents were left frustrated. This morning, St. Paul Public Works Director Sean Kershaw posted a message on social media saying, I want to be as accountable and transparent as possible and apologized because we only finished two-thirds of our east-west routes yesterday. The biggest reasons? Weather and totally new routes. Kershaw added that the city had to pull 15% of its staff to address some snow that fell Monday night and early Tuesday morning, and sewer staff had to focus on opening storm drains after the rainfall the city got Monday. Additionally, he said the new plow route slowed the process and took longer than we expected. Over this past weekend, the city announced it would plow the messy residential streets Tuesday through Friday and asked for the public's help with parking to ensure the streets were passable and able to be cleared. Now, I was under the impression that St. Paul and Minneapolis were going to be plowing as we speak, trying yeah. to tidy up the terrible mess. Correct. I haven't seen any evidence of that. I, I, I haven't seen a plow. Uh, I saw on, I was coming to work here on Cleveland and Berkeley, mm -hmm. there was a pip, pickup truck with Good. the plow on it, City of St. Paul, okay. going up the street. That's Good. the only evidence I've seen. Good. He, he did say, Joe, they got two-thirds of the east-west yeah. routes done yesterday. So, Well, you know, I I, uh, I could treat myself to a different car, for example, yeah. than I'm driving. Yeah. And, and, the pumpkin? Yeah. yeah. And every time I do think that, I think, nah, why wreck a nice car? <laughs> because the, uh, you know, you're driving over Bulgarian roads here. Right, right. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to waste the money. So... According to John's uh, news story, we're bragging about clearing snow from about two weeks ago. Apparently. Yeah, two-thirds of the streets in one day. Buckle up, because we're going to get hit again tonight. That's yeah. what I hear, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm going to find it, I'm going to admit this right now to GLers. My space management is shameful. Mm. That really? stuff got frozen to the driveway, and huh. I can't get it off, and it's shameful. You need a blowtorch. I got stuck coming yeah. home last Light night. Light it on fire. I got stuck coming home last night 
No. In my driveway. No. Really? Well, I slow down to open the garage door. I mean, I stopped. No, you got to do the garage door. And then start it again and wouldn't go. I had to back way out and start again. That car needs momentum. So uh, you just said that this piece of crap you're driving is good enough. It is. You're going to run it, run it till the end. I don't know. I'm thinking, why not? But this is the same guy who, what, two weeks ago now, couldn't get out of his yard. Because the vehicle he was driving was insufficient for this climate and this weather. And you kind of admitted that, yeah, you were, yeah, your skirt was too short, I think, is what no. you finally uh, agreed. No, it's a, it's a great vehicle. Uh, what happened to that? It's Yeah, it's on me. I've got to get a better vehicle. I've... I can't be a slave to the city. I can't let other people control my oh, life. Oh, you're right. You're right. And my destiny. I tell I you, I'm, to... I'm shamed. I'm shamed. Go to the box. I'm shamed. I feel pain. I gotcha. Box. Yeah, you did. I'm shamed. Mm-hmm. I'm shamed. All, all of the nearly 50 outdoor <laughs> rinks in Minneapolis are temporarily closed because of the weather. Larry Humph- <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Well, rain. It's Larry Humphrey oh, with, the Mini- suppose, yeah, with the Minneapolis Parks Rec Board said he can't remember ever, ever having to close for rain in January. Humphrey says based on expected colder temps, though, they hope to open a lot of the land rinks by the end of the week. He said we can't flood rinks when it's 33 degrees outside. We need weather that's in the 20s or teens so it freezes better. Rinks on the city's frozen lakes have faced even bigger challenges. For instance, at Lake of the Isles. The uh, ice isn't even thick enough for equipment to remove snow and construct a rink. You know what you say to yourself when you've achieved at least some modicum of maturity? Mm -hmm. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. Okay. That's that's all I had to say. Okay. Noted. 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 Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. A corrections officer is recovering after being attacked by an inmate at the state's maximum security prison. A spokesperson for the Minnesota Department of Correction said the sergeant was assaulted by 36-year-old Dominique Antoine Jefferson Sunday night in a living unit. The sergeant was taken to a hospital by ambulance for treatment of injuries to her face. The department stated that her injuries required surgery. Immediately after the assault, the department says Jefferson was moved to an administrative control unit, the most secure unit the state has. The department's Office of Special Investigations is still finalizing its investigation. The findings will be sent to the Washington County Attorney's Office for consideration of possible charges against Jefferson. Jefferson right now is serving a 35-year sentence for aiding and abetting a 2004 murder. Future of the Minnesota Renaissance Festival unclear after the Scott County Board held off yesterday on deciding whether to revoke or change the event's permit to take place this summer and fall. County officials will hold a public hearing related to amending the festival's conditional use permit on February 21st, with revocation still a possibility. Final action expected either on that day or on March 7th, according to county officials. Officials, we talked about this when it happened, began talking about revocation after roads leading to the Shakopee site were clogged for miles during the 2022 festival weekends, causing headaches for visitors along with local residents and businesses. Visitors reported two-hour waits to get a parking space to go to the Renaissance Festival. I I can attest, I went on the um, final weekend, Saturday afternoon. I live Mm -hmm. about eight minutes from the Renaissance Festival, and it took us nearly two hours to park How is that any different than previous years? Why is this coming up now? 
It seems um, like it's always been the I case. I think they did reroute a portion of the traffic off of 169 yeah. through a different area. I think that had something to do with it. Oh. I'm willing to be corrected, but I think that that was part of it. Right. But it's a complete goat rodeo. Uh, they do have some other ideas, apparently. Uh, the folks from the Renaissance Festival told the county board that they have had discussions that include ideas like no longer offering free parking, but requiring visitors to have a $5 parking voucher with a number of vouchers limited during the three last weekends, which are usually the busiest weekends. Event organizers also are thinking about staggering visitors' arrival times. Also opening oh, parking God. lots earlier, delineating parking spots, and hiring a full-time staff person to monitor oh, parking. Joe, I can also attest, still yes. in action, puke and snot. Yeah, I'm proud of myself for having never attended that hillbilly I love the Renaissance. The no is. way. It's a great, great food. The only problem fun. is it needs to, it's too condensed, in my opinion, because it was really packed. And if you want a turkey leg, you're going to stand in line you for know what? an hour That's and a half. That's enough. John? Yes, Joe. Go ahead, you want please. To know what I think? I don't like it a lot either, Joe. Well, well, it's not, not that I don't like it. It's just I've never felt the need to put it on my agenda. I like I the think. gypsies performing with the uh, flaming uh, swords. Yeah. You know? I asked I John have, to continue, though. I have a former neighbor who uh, used Jesus. to dress up. God he in had, heaven. He and his wife uh, used to dress up and go to Who the... Who gives a bleep about the Red, Renaissance Festival? Renaissance Festival and take part in the festivities. Bring on the witches! More wine a, for my yeah, friends! Exactly. exactly. Very good guy, too. Huzzah. I'm not, I'm not making fun of him. You know what huzzah means? I don't want to know. Such, I had neighbors in South Minneapolis that were performers there, and they would practice in the park <laughs> across the street from my house. With on stilts? Were they still walkers? Yes, yes, and then like the cops fencing. showed up one day because some, oh, some busybody no. thought that there was a real sword fight <laughs> in the park. Oh, I love my it. God. No, we're just that Renaissance people. Oh, okay. Police in Washington state have arrested a man Tuesday who's accused of trying to kidnap a barista from a suburban Seattle coffee shop. A video, very scary video if you've seen it, released by Auburn police shows a man in a truck at about 5 in the morning Monday trying to pull a woman through the coffee shop window. What? Scary gets foghorn. I said scary, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Using a looped zip tie as she was handing him cash. The barista broke away from the man and shut the drive through window. According to the video footage, the man then drove away. She suffered minor cuts. The footage and a large number of community tips helped identify a suspect. He was arrested last night. Police would not say exactly where the incident occurred. Police had sought information from the public sharing a close-up of a large tattoo on the man's left forearm that read Chevrolet. A side profile of the man is visible in the surveillance footage, which was viewed more than two million times on Twitter. Multiple people calling police saying they knew who the man was. The man will be identified once he is charged in the case. John, I have a question about that. I saw that video, as I'm sure yeah. you did. Yeah. How how could the woman possibly have been pulled through a window? Um, they're, they're open Are they enough big sometimes. enough to pull a woman and through I, a window? I saw the video, too. I think she's small enough that she would have fit And this is a the... place where they're scantily clad? That was no. the... Yeah, no, I what? believe so. I believe it was a uh, one of those barista-type places where the women wear bikinis. Oh, I did not see well, that. Well, I think that's story. what might have motivated them. Hmm. What? Bosoms? Yeah. But I thought to myself, well, how in the hell are you going to pull her through a window? Using a, a zip tie somehow. Like, they, to, well, he, that would have hurt her. Yeah. Well, he was going to tie her up, it sounded like. Yeah. I could be wrong on the clothing, but I thought I read that as part of the I, story. I did not see that. Okay. I'm verify that. I think right. Chris is That's looking still that a right thing? Now, so. Apparently, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
The arrest of a defeated oh. candidate for the New Mexico legislature charges that he orchestrated a plot to shoot up the homes of four Democratic officials in Albuquerque is prompting widespread condemnation as well as accusations that the stolen election rhetoric among supporters of former President Trump continues to incite violence. After the Monday arrest, new details emerged about the alleged conspiracy yesterday, including how close a spray of bullets came to the sleeping 10-year-old daughter of a state senator. Albuquerque police said in the charging documents, 39-year-old Solomon Pena, a Republican who lost a state house seat in November by a nearly two-to-one margin but complained that his defeat was rigged, hatched the plot. Police accused him of conspiring with four accomplices to drive past the officials' homes and fire at the homes. He faces a raft of charges, four counts of shooting into an occupied dwelling, four counts of shooting at or from a motor vehicle, four counts of conspiracy, possessing a firearm with a felony conviction, attempted aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, and criminal solicitation. Well, did you see what he called himself? Mm. The MAGA King. The MAGA King, I did see that. Fruitcake should be locked up forever. Don't help us out, bro. Marjorie Taylor Greene appointed to the Committee on Homeland Security yesterday, and that caused some backlash. I think it should cause backlash. She's nuts. (laughs) She is insane. Critics pointed out she's tweeted QAnon theories in the past. She tweeted at one point there was no evidence a plane ever hit the Pentagon on 9-11. Oh, wait, you blonde. Why? Why? Hello? She she tweeted about school shootings being false flags. Oh, piece of ass. Don't forget the uh, Jewish space lasers comments that she made Uh, since being called on some of those tweets she has disavowed her past backing of QAnon Uh, bleep you Marjorie Taylor Green country's so screwed up no matter where you look it gets sickening I hear you but I do have a vested interest in you staying employed well that word can be used (laughs) okay she was uh, removed, you might remember, from committee assignments back in February of 2021, uh, just a month after she was sworn into Congress because of her embrace of some of these conspiracy theories and social media interactions where she encouraged violence against Democratic officials. A French nun who is believed to be the world's oldest person. Hmm. But, but it's always reported, a French nun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. But had reportedly grown weary of the burdens of age, has died a few weeks. Didn't have before. a happy day in her life. <laughs> I don't think she was as bad as that one woman. <laughs> uh, she died just a few weeks before her 119th birthday. Wow. You know who's nervous now, Rook? The next one. The guy who's 117. Right, right. <laughs> Lucille Randon, known as Sister Andre, was born in the town of. A-L-E-S, Rook. What do you think for France? A-L-E-S. You're a French guy. A-L-E-S. 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 She was born in L.A., southern France, February 11th, 1904. She, of course, lived through two world wars and lots more. As a little girl, she was astonished by her first contact with electric lighting at school. More recently, she survived COVID-19 without even realizing she'd been affected. Wow. Isn't it something that the oldest people now dying were not born in the 1800s? They were born in the yeah, 1900s. That is, yeah, that's, yeah. That is a, a passing of the torch. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, she became the oldest known person in the world after the death of Japan's Kane Tanaka, aged 119, who died last year. Boss yeah. uh, Tanaka. That's when she got nervous. <laughs> Now, American, there's an American uh, is the oldest. Woo-hoo! Right, USA, USA. Is this the vet who sits on his porch down in Texas? No, this is uh, 
Maria Branyas Marrera, who yeah. lives. Uh, oh wait, she's she's American born, but she lives in Spain. I well, see. We'll, count, we'll count her as American. Sure, yeah. why not? Uh, Maria's one hundred and fifteen years old. Oh boy, living, as I said, she's an old timer, isn't she? She is the uh, the name of the the coffee shop in Auburn, Washington, is called the Sunbreak Cafe. Okay, and I can't find if they. It's not important. I was probably wrong. I'm glad I just wasted eight yeah. minutes. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Appreciate well, the it effort. Worked. Good job, Joe. Joe, you just made. I know how to keep him quiet. <laughs> part of the story. I've oh, talked the least point. of anybody today. I I know how to keep him quiet. That's a good point. Let's play the good. silence game. Uh, how would I give shut a dollar who stays quiet the longest. <laughs> Damn it! I lost again. You the, uh, never won that game. No, ever. I never won that game. <laughs> the, the other uh, one, it really worked perfectly. The the two and a half year old was wailing about something and carrying on and making animal noises and singing and i said go tell your mother she's calling you and she turned around and went and found her mother and said call me i thought it was pretty funny <laughs> call me you uh, knock on the door and then you say who it is then i say do you know the song far far away go sing far far away that's you know that's the oldest musician's joke i know i know but knock, knock. Hey, can you I get play far away i get a kick yeah. out of it there was two dogs sitting on a couch. <laughs> this and, better be um, good. And uh, the one dog looked at the other and he said, boy, you know, I'm I'm really sad. Tell me a joke. And the other dog says, okay. Uh, knock, knock. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> I like it, Chris. That's, that's, that's uh, fun. Uh, a penguin <laughs> walked into an auto repair no, shop. No, 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 no. Last guy. Last night before, you know, Joe threw me out of the green room and said, go play some music to get the people ready, you know, yep. uh, for the crowd ready. And yep. I used the oldest musicians joke in the world. We did Hello, one Cle song. Hello, Cleveland. I did do that. I yeah. did Hello, Cleveland uh, as soon as we walked out. But then uh, we played a song and uh, I said, what should we do now? And uh, uh, our buddy on the uh, piano, Stephen, said, we better do something up tempo. So I went up to the microphone. And I said, you guys want something fast, slow or half-assed? Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> you know, if I had that event to do over again and knew, and knew what a great venue it was, I would love to have found some big glass revolving tube we could have put out there and then walked in it and get stuck trying to get out like they did in uh, <laughs> Spinal Tap. Spinal Spinal tap. tap. Yeah. <laughs> ice cream. Hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> I only played it just to watch the la the, the lady monkey smoking the cigarette oh, on the payphone. That's funny. That's funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, air crew members from the Philippines are facing smuggling charges after trying to smuggle 30 pounds of onions into the country. Gross. From the United Arab mm. Emirates and Saudi Arabia. You smuggling onions over there? The 10 Philippine Airlines crew members <laughs> arrived in the country on two separate flights, one from Dubai and one from Riyadh on Friday. They were caught by customs with the onions. Also, they had about 15 pounds of lemons and a kilogram of strawberries and blueberries. Boy, some good stuff. Right. Confiscated foods were found in the flight attendant suitcases. You might say, what's the problem? Well, lawyer my lord's Mangagong told a local radio station that the flight attendants didn't declare the confiscated vegetables and fruits when filling out custom forms. Speaking to Dubai newspaper, the Kalish Times... You get that, don't you, Joe? I do. Times. Yep. A Philippines government official clarified that putting onions or any other agricultural product in cargo is considered as importing produce, even if it's a very small amount intended 
for personal use. I know a guy who worked in Dead Horse, Alaska, and he said he's never eaten that well in his life because the oil companies are constantly flying in the freshest possible foods to keep their men tuned up for the rigorous job of getting Mm. us our fuel. Mm. Wow. Said the finest fruits and vegetables you can imagine. Sounds good. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a uh, great story from Louisiana. This is this is white secretary at Louisiana school abruptly resigned from her position late last week after making some comments about Martin Luther King Jr. Day in a text conversation with a coach. Um, the video has Newland Fontana, the office secretary, with a screenshot of the alleged text message which referred to racial slur day. Let's put it that way. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. That's uh not wise. That's uh, what? Local outlet reported that the messages, which were confirmed by officials, were sent to a coach at the school who was stunned, obviously, by what he'd received. Uh, She was immediately fired from the school. Uh, Everybody in the school said uh, that doesn't happen at our school. In a letter, Principal Darren Wheeler confirmed the secretary's departure to parents and all the students. At the school. So uh, just a, a normal, what you thought was a normal person, a normal normal uh-huh. teacher, and then Not one teacher, day, secretary. or secretary, and then just one day. It almost seems like an SNL skit, doesn't oh, it? Or Samer theory. I, I'm just wondering, how could that she be She went turned, nuts for a minute. How could that be turned into a skit somehow? It's just so it's It would require Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> John, thank you. Yeah. That was wonderful. Mm. Thank you. Or can anybody watch it on YouTube? You could. <laughs> I guess we're back. No, I'm not upset at all. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe it was Sucherick. such a pleasure to meet Jim last night at the gala of Hofferman Water. Jim's my guy. I met Jim. Jim's a great yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, and Hofferman Water, are, they're the best. He was talking about all the GLers that have made the conversion over. I met a pro-turf guy, too. Yeah, yeah me too. I met Dave, a lot of Dave's people. a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And his wife? Uh, I've been a proud customer of Hofferman Water for many years now, and uh, I think you will be, too, if you decide to make the switch. Hofferman Water is an independent water treatment I met, uh, dealer. I Eckberg Lammers guys. They offer sales, <laughs> service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems to all GLers across the land. Bobcat guys. It includes <laughs> water them. softeners, yeah. iron rust, and odor filtration systems. I and asked of course, this uh, Hofferman guy water if he wants me to continue to try to tell Reavers to talk more Slowly. If you get your new system from Connecticut, <laughs> you will find out just like I did years ago that this is oh. going to be the longest freaking ad in the history of the you Garage met, Logic you met podcast. Meadows' parents, and I did. you are also foghorned all their names. Yes, that yeah. Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners oh. just simply cannot do. As I have learned over the years, Joe, I've been a proud customer of Connecticut and Hofferman. It's going to cut down on your salt usage, but you already knew that. Yeah, it's also going to protect your appliances. Wrap it up, Chris. Oh God, no! This is I'm not even half done. Bad water is going to affect almost every aspect of it's your home. It's a tough thing, isn't it? And it's your largest investment, yeah. Joe. I, well, your home is. That's what I just said. I see. The home is your largest investment. And bad water, it can affect almost every aspect of that large investment. So, yeah. here's what you do. You get that new system from Hofferman and Connecticut and Viola. 
Your showers are better. So is your laundry and your drinking water. So do me a favor. Get in touch with Jim and the crew and my friends at Hofferman Water, 952-894-4040. Do you want that phone number again? Sure. (laughs) 952-894-4040. Or just visit their website, HoffermanWater.com. Proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Tell them you heard about them here. On the hey, Garage Chris, Logic podcast, Chris, the story you were you were telling us off air. The man's name is Kirk. Okay, Cousin so there, Captain. the story nobody listened to except me. That was Kirk. I'm a little gun shy, so I kept an eye out the window on where I parked uh, last night oh. because the sign said three hours, and I went into the adjacent store that I was parked in front of. It was a kids' store, sold toys and books and yeah. whatnot. And nobody was in there except the gal running it. And I said, I'm parked right here. Is that okay? And she said, I don't think they'll tell you. Well, I said, okay, thank you. And that didn't that didn't yeah, encourage didn't me. Sit well with you. Uh, so uh, I, I talked to Todd of 30 Bales, <laughs> and he put me in the back lot of 30 Bales, and I was okay. And I, I say that because, Joe, earlier this week I was listening to your story about how you and the CP got towed. I applauded your wisdom for not taking the opportunity to try to score points in the game of flaws. The ancient prophet Malachi once wrote that God hates divorce, so you made a wise choice. I shared your story with my attractive Bulgarian wife, Sasha, and then said, I bet Joe would appreciate our story (laughs) from the mall last year. That's his wife's name is Sasha. This is Dave Bliss. He's in Bulgaria. We have a listener in Bulgaria. The way he worded that was hilarious. My attractive Bulgarian wife, Sasha, and said, I bet Joe would appreciate our story from the mall last year. She smiled and gave a faint chuckle. I am claiming the chuckle is permission, so here's the story. Sasha was looking for a store in the mall. I don't know if this is a mall in Bulgaria or here. I don't know. It's just a mall. I was with her. She was convinced the story was on the north side of the mall. But after walking around for a while, we eventually tried the south side. Sure enough, the store she was looking for was there. She was aghast. She was sure it was on the north side. She even postulated a theory that they moved the store over the weekend. (laughs) Rather than point out how absurd this sounded, I just nodded and said that in the most earnest tone I could muster, yes, I'm sure that's what happened. She again insisted that the store had moved. I said, yep, makes sense that they would pack up and move the entire store from one side of the mall to the other. They do that. After selecting her goods and making her purchase, she asked the cashier, did you guys used to be on the other side of the mall? The cashier responded, yep, we moved last weekend. (laughs) Sasha looked looked at me and said, you thought I was nuts. I calmly responded, no, I agreed with you the entire time. And he did. He was saying, I, I think you're right. A man never knows when one of his wife's crazy thoughts will turn out to be right. After 21 years, I've learned to hedge my bets and always vocally agree. That way, should she turn out to be right, I was on her side the entire time. Dave Bliss, Sophia, Bulgaria. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a defenseman in the NHL who plays for the Philadelphia Flyers named Ivan Provorov. You with me, Reavers? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm pulling up his audio. Oh, I didn't know there was any. I'm very grateful to you. You're a professional, and your your efficiency is astounding. <laughs> what? Huh? He's a defenseman. Ivan Provorov did not participate in warm-ups before the team's home against the Ducks last night 
because he refused to wear a Pride Night jersey and use sticks wrapped in rainbow Pride tape. Oh. Provorov, who is a Russian Orthodox, cited his religious beliefs as why he chose not to participate in the warm-ups. I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices, Provorov told reporters after the game, declining to get into any further detail. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. You, you tell me when you want to interject. Everybody, I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer those. Just, uh, can you just kind of fly with all right, that's enough. Yep. Uh, let me finish, and then I'll have a comment on that interview. The Flyers released a statement on the matter but did not mention Provorov by name. The Philadelphia Flyers organization is committed to inclusivity and is proud to support the local LGBTQYZPTMBADF community. Plus... Many of our players are active in their support of the local LGBTTTTT, and we are proud to host our annual Pride Night again. This year, the Flyers will continue to be strong advocates for inclusivity in the LGBTTTT community. Uh, Flyers coach John Tortorella confirmed during his post-game press conference why Provorov, 26, was absent from warm-ups and said he did not consider benching him. He referred to the organization's statements and the beliefs that we have about a great right before sharing Brief thoughts on Provorov. With Provy, that's his hockey name. Mm-hmm. With Provy, he's being true to himself and his religion, Tortorella said. This has to do with his belief in his religion. It's one thing I respect about Provy. He is always true to himself. Then the Flyers went out and beat the Ducks 5-2. to two, And Provorov, who has played all seven of his NHL seasons in Philadelphia, played 22 minutes and 45 seconds of the game. Ooh. He got a lot of ice time. Respectable. Here's what I would say about uh, two things. One... I wish sports would just stay out of this. I do, too. That's all I say. I don't care if you're gay or lesbian or whatever. But hockey, baseball, football, and basketball, stay out of it. Because all you're asking for is situations just like this. It's, it's, yep. what, here's, what's, here's what results from it. The media, generally speaking, uh, adhere to the agenda of LGB2 inclusivity and, yeah, and whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So there you – he was literally being – admonished by you know 24 year old reporters who don't know what day it is Uh, how could you how dare you not dress up in the in the costume and come out and take warm-ups and he said look that's not my thing it shouldn't be any athlete's thing it just stay out of it and it shouldn't i don't even think it's a story it's not a story but and to to the point joe but it's all over the new york Post. to the point where espn which defines the word woke right couldn't you couldn't find a hockey highlight on ESPN? But they're running with this on the top and the bottom of every hour. Really, of course yep. they are. Really, yep. see, because they're 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 part of the builders of this agenda. And I went, I watched the ESPN Sports Center just because of this story to see if, and of course, it was the number. It was their only hockey story that they. Had. Sports will get away with this until they don't. Well, I think they're the hockey in general is turning off a lot of their fans because of movements like and, that. And and so ironic that it's that inclusivity and this woke movement has come to hockey because these are the least likely guys in the world to give a bleep. Yeah. 
They're 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 not mean spirited guys. This has just never been part of their world. Uh, I can't speak for Czechoslovakia, but these Canadian kids, you think this is they're high on their list? It ranks right up there with climate change. <laughs> so why not sports get out of this business? Just didn't the NHL have bright um, nights all you want, but just leave the NHL and baseball and hockey and football out of it. Didn't the NHL, John, help me here. The NHL mm. had some type of announcement a while back about a, Hiring. Tra- a trans league. I don't, I'm unaware of Wasn't that. There, that I do not know. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll see if I can find it. I, I, I remember this coming up a Wait while a minute. back. These movements haven't gone after pro sports. Pro sports have gone after them. I agree. Yeah. And I think they should not have. Right. They're like the automobile manufacturers who caved to the demand to yeah. build electric yeah. cars. Yeah. They're just stand yeah. up on your own two feet and say, look, we're all for you. Go have pride nights. That's great with us. But we're in the hockey business. We're not in the inclusivity business. And believe me, they're in the money business, too. And if the New York Rangers wanted to sign some trans player who could score 70 goals a year, they would. Go do it. They would. Right. So just stay out of the damn business. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. At WorldWideWaftage.com. It was on this day. Jan 18. In 1849, Stephen A. Douglas, senator from Illinois, introduced a bill to recognize the Minnesota Territory. And on this day in 1887, boxing great John L. Sullivan broke his arm in the first round of a fight with Patsy Cardiff in Minneapolis. But the bout continued for five more rounds before a tie was called. Ouch. Yeah, they, he, uh, yeah. He didn't play baseball, did he? Broken arm. On this day in 1892, Frank Hibbing arrived in St. Louis County to test for a mine at the site that would eventually bear his name. Hmm. And finally, related to sports, what happened on this day in 2014? 2014? Mm -hmm. Is this the Blair Walsh miss? Nope. Oh, I don't know. The demolition of the Metrodome began. Oh. I do remember that. I don't know why they bothered to uh, spend money to demolish it. You could have just waited for one more heavy snowfall. <laughs> it would have caved right <laughs> in. caved the damn thing in. I still watch that video once in a while when the roof caves in. The, yeah, snowfalls. Wasn't yeah. That, that was 2010, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. In 2014, demolition began on the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome. Did you volunteer to do it for free? No, I did not. <laughs> on this day in 2014 and this day. This day today is January 18th. Speaking of the Metrodome, Johnny, I don't know if you saw this, but do you know how much the Vikings hate the Packers? How much? The Vikings hate the Packers so much. How much? They re- they refuse to win the Lombardi Trophy. I said that yesterday. Oh, no, you yeah. didn't. Yes, I did. I said it you Monday. Actually, actually yeah. I said it Monday. You did. You did. Yep. yep. Yeah. You did. Okay, Mr. Old Mr. Scan there. 
Huh. You guys don't know when to end a show. Hit the music. Let's thank go you, Ellers, And thank you, you again for last Jeez. night. Thank you, Ellers. <laughs> hey, I have the beginning of our very first podcast. I'm going to play that. I uh, know. That was okay. terrible, wasn't it? Ellers, do us a favor. Hit the old <laughs> subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube page because there we are posting daily content for your amusement. You can follow us on all of our social media channels, which includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and coming soon to TikTok. Joe Souchere, right? No. <laughs> no, okay. I'm staying away from that. Got it. Uh, town Council, yes. You can give the gift of Garage Logic. Find out more at the website, which is, of course, garagelogic.com. It is time once again to check in with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, and now's the time for you to do the same. So pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and you're always going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us on the line here once again in Garage Logic, and boy, Josh, Earnings are big right now, and you seem to think it's going to dominate the news going forward. I think, Chris, that uh, corporate earnings, which is the micro in the market as opposed to the macro being what the Fed is going to do with interest rates, what may or may not happen with the debt ceiling, as Janet Yellen last week warned that the government would run out of money sometime in June, and we needed to either raise the debt ceiling or eliminate the debt ceiling, and that could create some issues for the market later on this year, but definitely uh, be one of those things that to pay attention to politically. Now, I find that almost amusing given that Congress and the Senate passed a 4,100-page spending bill in less than a week. Man, my reading prowess to read and understand that much material in that short a period of time for all those people who voted yes on that, my reading prowess must not be up to uh, up to theirs. Wow, 41. 100 pages of spending priorities that's passed in four days just by the uh, majority party. Unbelievable. But that's part of the macro. The micro stuff, well, that's corporate earnings. And we started in earnest last week with the likes of the major banks, Delta and United Healthcare last week. Today, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs uh, led off. And Goldman Sachs, a member of the Dow Jones Industrials, missed top line, bottom line. They missed on their investment banking and asset management sales. They had difficulty in their consumer business, which may get shelved. And I say may, I don't know. But they've had a lot of difficulty making profits in that business. Not to mention Goldman Sachs has been laying off people. Goldman Sachs is down $22 a share, which equates to about 125 Dow points, and the Dow at this point is down close to 300 points. Morgan Stanley, however, more of an investment bank, reported uh, better than expected numbers. They beat top and bottom, and their stock moved up. J.P. Morgan fell in sympathy with Goldman Sachs. J.P. Morgan, also a Dow member, and Travelers Insurance saw a significant amount lumped off of their share price. Travelers, another Dow component, adding to the Dow's woes was concerns about Boeing, given that China, here's a macro event, China reported last night their GDP number for the quarter, and while it was only up 3%, that has been down from China's pre 
previous growth rate, but still much better than people had anticipated. I looked at China's GDP number at 3% in a positive fashion, and particularly given China is now starting to open up their economy, you know, that could be beneficial to a lot of companies here in the United States as well as in China. That could have a positive impact on favorites, Apple, companies like Nike, Starbucks, Kentucky Fried Chicken, General Motors, Honeywell, and 3M, just to name a few companies. And speaking of, well, I'm not going to just speak of China, but I'll speak of Apple. Apple today announced some new computers with new chips. I do believe that these were stalled due to issues, COVID issues in China, but they'll now be made available. And that could create a positive impact, not on Apple's numbers this quarterly reporting period, which would be uh, February 2nd for the Christmas quarter, but for next quarter and beyond. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. A number that will always give you straight talk, and it's never going to give you sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll do this again on Thursday. Look forward to it, Chris. Thanks. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.